All right, turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 40 through 45. It can be found on page 837 in the Pew Bible. Mark 1, 40 through 45, page 837 in the Pew Bible. Verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for, for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But when he went out and began to talk freely about it, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we turn to your word, would you turn our hearts to you? Would you open our minds to receive your word that we would not be the same people that we walked in as, that we would leave changed and transformed by your word? Would you do that for us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Certainly, we all have in some way experienced something that is surprising or shocking or unexpected. Whether it was something that we witnessed up close or from a distance, we have probably all seen something surprising. Whether it was a tragic death of someone, whether it was a, even the events of 9-11, right? that surprised me and shocked me while I was in, in college, whether it was a, a diagnosis or, or a job situation, or whether it was something more positive, perhaps just a surprise birthday party or a surprise party of some sort or, or the outcome of a game that really surprised you. In college, one of my Bible study leaders was unable to have children. They had been trying for years and then told it was impossible to have children. So they decided to adopt children. And after adopting a couple kids, they found out they were pregnant. Surprising, shocking for them, but at the same time praising God because they, in one sense, weren't surprised by the miraculous work of God in their life. Another example for, for my family, right, in a far more trivial, smaller note for my family, and we're, we're, I don't know if you know this, many of you know this, we're really into sports, right? I talk about sports a lot. Well, what's surprising and shocking to me, even last night as I watched the slam dunk contest, is how these athletes jump over really large people. They jump over guys that are like six foot, seven foot, seven feet tall. That's surprising to me and my family. And certainly we could come up with many, many examples. You have examples as well of what's been surprising to you or, or to us as a whole. Well, in, in a similar way, what the disciples would have experienced in this story, 
in this event, as they followed Jesus, would have surprised them. It would have shocked them to their very core. And in our text this morning, our our attention is drawn to the mercy of Jesus that he displays for this leper. So first, you can see this in your outline, the need of the leper. So look with me at verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. So if we're going to understand the, the shock factor, the, the, the need of the leper, and the, the situation of Christ's mercy, we need to understand the context. We need to place ourselves in the story and see what's going on here. We, we need to know the cultural setting and context if we're truly going to understand the significance that this can have for us and for our lives and the implications it has for us. A leper came to him. Leprosy that day was considered one of the most serious illnesses. It referred to any number of skin diseases that oftentimes was more than skin deep. As a result of the disease, the nervous system would break down and the leper would lose the ability to feel and touch. Imagine putting your hand on a hot stove, not being able to feel that the stove is hot. Or you pull out the pizza from the oven. All right, the pizza's cooked. Pull it out from the oven. Don't use anything on your hands and you just pull it out. I don't know if if it's hot or not. You just pull it out. What's going to happen? You'll burn your hand. You'll burn your hand without even knowing it. Or imagine, imagine this. You're going out on that cold day. What was that, Thursday? You come back on that cold day, Thursday, negative 30, negative 40 degrees, wind chill, no gloves. Imagine going out there with no gloves, no shoes, no hat, and then you decide to shovel for hours. Right? You got a lot of work you want to do outside, so you're just out there for hours. Well, what's going to happen in negative 30, negative 40 degree weather? Frostbite, maybe worse, right? And then you go inside. Oh, I guess it was cold out. You go inside, and then you wash your hands with scalding water. Put it on your face. With a leper, there's no warning sign or system of pain. Their body becomes disfigured as a result. It, it, was a, a, it was the most feared disease of them all. It was a sentence of death. It has been described as death by inches, with no cure and no hope. If you had leprosy, you're just a dead man walking. That's how it was viewed. But, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It, people in the first century, they did not touch lepers. Because what made things even worse is, unlike other diseases, is that leprosy was viewed as contagious. And if you had leprosy, you were considered unclean or defiled. They were ceremonially unclean according to the law in the Old Testament, according to the laws given to Israel. And you were therefore isolated from your family, your friends, your community, your religious family and community. You you couldn't come in contact with other people because of the danger of it spreading. Listen to Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 on how it's described in the Old Testament law. Verse 45, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes 
and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Being unclean from a spiritual perspective meant from a spiritual perspective that they couldn't offer sacrifices to God. Living outside the camp meant not only that they were being excluded from other people, but it meant alienation from God. Leprosy was understood as punishment for sin. It was believed that it was a condition because of the result of some sin that the person had committed, whether they knew it or not. And therefore, Jews believed that lepers were experiencing the consequence for their actions. And it served as a warning of the outcome of the sinner. Their dwelling would be outside the camp. You are defiled and unclean. You, are, you live alone. You're, you're alienated from God and from other people. You are a dead man walking. And you gave the appearance of it, right? You, we see here that you gave the appearance of it as well. Torn clothes, hair hangs loose, and they cry out if anyone comes near, unclean, unclean, unclean. I, I have the disease, unclean, stay away. This uncleanness robbed you of more than just your physical health. It impacted your reputation, your occupation, your family, your your community, your friends. You were an outcast. This man was suffering the effects of this disease. Jewish custom was that they wouldn't even greet a leper. Don't get close. They must keep their distance, stay as far as possible. If, if the wind blows a certain direction, you had to be farther away from them. In Luke 17, in another instance, 10 lepers stood at a distance and they lifted up their voices. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. From a distance, they're they're doing this. But not this man. What's this man do? Verse 40, and the leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling and said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. The leper does something surprising. He comes to Jesus. He sees his desperate need, looks at his own desperate condition, and he humbly bows before Jesus. He he displays a worshipful heart and attitude in approaching Jesus, and he pleads with Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. This man recognized something different in Jesus, something unique about Jesus, and perhaps he had heard of the, the arrival of God's kingdom, God's saving reign in the person of Jesus. Perhaps he's heard the stories of, of Jesus' miracles, right? Jesus had already performed several miracles. Or he heard of Jesus' power and authority to heal those who were sick with various diseases. And so he kneels before the Lord. 
He falls down before Jesus. He expresses his humble confidence in Jesus. If you will, you can make me clean. He not only needed to be changed and transformed, he wanted to be. He didn't want to stay in the condition that he was in. He desires to be made clean. And the request here, if you notice this, it's not merely healing, but cleansing. Everything that it entailed. He wants to be set free from the disease and the defilement of it. So that he will no longer be isolated or alienated because of the disease. Because being made clean would allow him to return to the community. He also knows that Jesus has the power to heal. He knows that Jesus has the authority to cleanse him. He knows that Jesus is able to make him clean. The only question is, is Jesus willing? Is Jesus willing to do so? What what he questions is, is the mercy and desire of Jesus. So what's going to happen? What is Jesus going to do? Verses 41 and 42 in our second point, the mercy of Jesus. So notice verses 41 and 42. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. So Jesus is now moved with pity. Jesus has this deep burden, this deep feeling in the pit of his stomach for this man, the situation that he's in. He's filled with compassion and mercy for this leper, for this social outcast. And so he acts out of mercy and displays it by doing the unthinkable. He does the unimaginable. He he stretches out his hand And certainly the followers, Jesus might be thinking, and I'd be thinking, don't do it, Jesus. Don't do it. Certainly the audience around him would have been shocked by this. Right? Because, Because we're convinced that if Jesus touches him, he'll become defiled. He'll become unclean, just like the leper. He'll carry the disease. Jesus then moves toward him. He moves towards the one who excluded from the people of God and he stretches out his hand and he touches him. Don't miss that. Jesus didn't have to heal him in this way. He could have simply spoken the word, be clean. From a distance. But he, he touched him. He touched him, in fact, before making him clean. Do you see that? And in a sense, he is taking upon himself the defilement. And in doing so, he doesn't actually become unclean. He makes the unclean clean. He says to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Jesus has the power to heal and cleanse and he was willing and able. He was willing to heal and cleanse. And Jesus doesn't become defiled. 
he makes the defiled one pure and clean. And immediately, completely, the leper is now cleansed by the power, purity, and mercy of Jesus Christ. And in that act of mercy, in Jesus stretching out his arms and touching him, what he is doing is he is identifying himself with sinners again. He is identifying himself with the one who is defiled and unclean, with the one who is outside the camp and excluded from the people of God. He takes upon himself, in a sense, the leper's defilement without actually being defiled in order to provide healing and cleansing and freedom so this person can be brought back into fellowship and community and family with the people of God and with God. Jesus removes the isolation, the alienation that this man had experienced because of the disease. This is what happens to the one who cries out and humbles themselves at the feet of Jesus and says, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. This is what Jesus does for those who call out to him and for those who come in contact with him. The mercy of Jesus moves him to bring cleansing to the one with whom and humble confidence draws near to Jesus. Then the scene changes. And we have the actions that follow this this cleansing and its result. The third point is this. We see the response of the leper. So look with me at verses 43 through 45. And we see various responses here. Verse 43, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Jesus had just displayed compassion and mercy in healing this man from his leprosy to now giving a stern warning Jesus gives him two commands, one positive and one negative. He says to him, say nothing to anyone. And then he says, but go show yourself to the priest and offer a cleansing for yourself, a cleansing what Moses commanded as proof to them. Jesus wants this man to keep quiet about the miracle that he had just performed. This might sound odd, confusing, Surprising at first, but we've already seen that this has already happened in Mark's gospel as he, when he cast out the unclean spirit, he silenced them to not say anything. Perhaps Jesus wants this man to be silent, remain silent, so that the focus won't be on his miracles, but the message about the kingdom of God, because that's why he came. Perhaps he wants the man to remain silent because he doesn't want the miracles to be a distraction from his mission. He doesn't want there to be misunderstanding of his own identity as what will become later as the suffering king who would die in the place of sinners. Jesus then tells him to go 
and carry out the requirements of the law so that the priest can see that he's been cleansed. This is described in Leviticus 14. Perhaps this could serve as a testimony as, a, as he bears witness to what's happened to him, how he's been cleansed. It will serve as a testimony so that he'll be pronounced clean by the priests and then be allowed to return to the community. But also it could serve as a proof and testimony to the priests themselves of the presence of the Messiah. Right? There was an expectation that when the Messiah came, the blind would receive their sight, the lame would walk, lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. This was coming to pass in the arrival of Jesus Christ. The Messiah, the Christ is here. The king had arrived. Whatever the case might be, the man disobeys. There's no indication that he went to the priest. Instead, what we see is that he goes out and spreads the story. The leper responds by not heeding the words of Jesus. He spreads the news about what Jesus had done, and he talked about it openly and freely. We're not surprised by this. Right? He's excited. He's thrilled. How do you keep that in? And we understand this. When, when you receive a great gift, right, small in comparison to what this leper received, when you receive a great gift, what do you do? You want to tell people about it. You want to tell people about it. And the fact that the leper's disobedient response is mentioned also highlights what Jesus had done for him and the greatness of it. There's a problem. His dependence upon Jesus, it didn't produce immediate obedience, but it had a negative impact on Jesus and his ministry. Jesus can no longer openly enter a town, and he's left to remain in isolated, desolate places. He can no longer go throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues. The effect on Jesus is that he's left to these desolate places. The story concludes in a surprising way. You see, at the beginning of the story, a leper was outside the camp. He's the one that's outside of the community. He is the one who's not free to enter the community. He is not able to go wherever he wants. And at the end of the story, the leper is set free. He's included back in the community. He freely tells the story of Jesus. And Jesus is now on the outside. Jesus is no longer able to enter in. Jesus is now free to travel, but must remain in desolate, isolated places. And in this sense... The unimaginable happens. Jesus and the leper trade places. That's the story. That's the context. The question that you might have, or should have now, is what significance does this have for my life? How do we apply this to our lives? What are the practical implications for me? Because you know what, Sean? I don't have leprosy. I'm not a leper. That's the question. 
There are several lessons that we can learn from this and take away from this and apply it to our lives. Number one, the need of the leper is really no different than the need of everyone in this room and everyone that you interact with. Leprosy can serve to illustrate our spiritual condition apart from Christ. Leprosy became a symbol for sin's pollution. It became a visible picture of sin and its effects. And when we consider ourselves in the situation like the leper, alienated from God, having no hope, perhaps then we begin to realize our need for Jesus. And when we see our need, we fall before Jesus and cry out for cleansing from the defilement of our sin. We often don't run to Jesus because we don't see a need for Jesus. We're not that bad. I'm not that sinful. We treat our condition more like a spiritual cold than leprosy. Oh, so what we do is we might try this or that drug. Give me that medicine. Give me this formula for success. If those things don't work, maybe then I'll try something else. And perhaps Jesus just becomes another medicine to make us feel better. When we don't actually realize the condition that we are in. And when we think that we get better, I don't need Jesus anymore. I'm good now. So we need to recognize our spiritual condition apart from Jesus Christ, unclean, defiled, alienated from God, separated from the presence of God, having no hope in the world, dead in our trespasses and sins, under God's just condemnation. And then we see that need and we come to Jesus. We believe that he has the power and authority and mercy to, to cleanse us and cleanse you. We put your, you put your confidence in him. Some of us, though, we might well be well aware of our own sinfulness, well aware of our own struggles, that we fall short of God's glory. We give in to temptation too many times, right? Perhaps you have that sort of conscience, you feel the guilt and weight of your sin. And some of us, some of us can relate and we say this, yeah, I'm just like that leper. My condition is far worse than you can imagine, Sean. And you know what you say to me? Sean, you don't know what I've done. I'm too dirty. I'm too unclean. I can't do it. I'm so defiled. I need to keep my distance from Jesus. He wouldn't want any part of this. And you know what you need to know this morning? You need to know that Jesus is not only able to cleanse you, he is willing. He is willing. We see pictured here that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper. 
And in a far greater way, in a few years later, a few years later, this event foreshadowed a greater event that was to come. Jesus would again stretch out his hands on a cross. And he takes upon himself our uncleanness, our defilement. He reaches out his hands, he touches us. He identifies himself with us. Jesus trades places with us. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He died on the cross in our place. He took our defilement, our sin, our leprosy so that we might be made clean. His perfect, sinless life and his sacrificial death triumphs, triumphs over all sin and defilement. So we go to him. Yes, we'll continue to struggle We'll continue to sin. We'll continue to fall short of his glory. But his mercy is more. His mercy is greater than all our sin. His mercy exceeds our sin and rebellion against him. And we sang this, didn't we? We sang this earlier. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood beneath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Christ's love, Christ's mercy is greater than your sin. His compassion for you is greater Be convinced of his love for you. See your need for Jesus and humbly go to him. He is the one in dying on the cross for us. He is the one who brings us back into a right relationship with God. It's not on the basis of what we do. It's not on the basis of what I've done. It's not on the basis of trying to make myself clean. If I just clean my act up, then maybe Jesus will accept me. No. When you trust in him, When you trust in him, you are forgiven of your sins. Like the leper, you are made clean in his sight, included in the people of God, no longer alienated from God, but reconciled, restored, and made new. So trust in him today. Place your faith in him today. And if you've never done so, now is the appropriate time. You can say to him, Lord, I need you. I'm just like this leper spiritually. If you will, who can make me clean? Would you save me? I believe that you're able and you're willing. You know what he says to you today? I will be clean. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ, continue to trust in him. Continue to go to him for mercy and grace and praise him for his mercy. Two more points of application. They're quicker. As we follow in the steps of our Savior, 
we are called to display his mercy and compassion toward others. As his representatives, as his followers, we are to extend his love and mercy to those who are outcasts, to those who are weak, to those who are poor, to those who are hurting, to those who are in need. We're to extend that mercy and grace to others. Wherever God has placed you, you can reach out and touch someone with the love of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus Christ. In your own context, you can apply, we can apply this in so many different ways, can't we? Whether it's someone that you work with, maybe it's a friend, a family member, maybe it's someone at school, students, maybe it's someone at school, someone on your sports team, or someone that you know that's hurting or is in isolation, maybe they're being mistreated, bullied, you can show the mercy of Jesus Christ to them. Number three, a final point of application, is what we see from the response of the leper. Though he was told not to tell others at, the spe- at that specific time and to do what Jesus said, we can learn something from, his, from this example. First, that we obey Jesus. Right? We, are, we obey Jesus and what he commands us to do. He commands us not only to, to follow in his steps and love others the way he has loved us, but also he has commanded us to make disciples. Right? He has commanded us to tell others about him. Right? I, I think it's remarkable that the one who's told not to tell others about Jesus goes crazy and tells everyone about Jesus. And sometimes our temptation is we we're told to tell others about Jesus. We're commanded to tell others about Jesus and we're fearful to do so. We are to proclaim who he is and what he has done for us. The leper couldn't keep it to himself. If we truly understand our condition and have a great appreciation for his mercy in cleansing us, how can we keep that to ourselves? We have received a greater gift than that which physical healing could be experienced by this leper. We've received a greater gift than the physical healing of the leper. We have received spiritual health and assurance of eternal life. We will be in God's presence forever, freed from sin, suffering, decay, and death. So let's spread the good news about Jesus. Let's go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured so that we might lead others to our Savior. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the mercy that we have received in Christ. We thank you for this example that Christ displayed for this leper as he poured out mercy upon him, stretched out his hand, touched him, and cleansed him. I pray that we would learn from this, that we would see our own need for Jesus, that we would fall down to him that we would know that as we do so, that we, and that we would cry out for mercy, and that we would know with confidence that Jesus is willing and able to heal us, to cleanse us from our sin and our defilement. I pray that everyone here would trust in Jesus, and that we would seek then to display his mercy and grace toward others, that we would humbly make him known. In Jesus' name, amen.